You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The big exciting announcement in Detroit this week was Ford's unveiling of its plans for the towering Michigan Central Station in the Corktown neighborhood. Ford said that it will include thousands new jobs with Ford and would presumably boost economic activity in that section of the city. So what will that economic boom look like for Detroit, and what will it look like for Detroiters. Joining us to talk about the big news at Michigan Central Station is John Gallagher, a business columnist for the Detroit Free Press. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. Hi. Good morning. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about what Fl- what Ford says it will do with Mich- Michigan Central Station. We knew uh, last week that they have bought it from the Maroon family. Uh, we heard Bill Ford this week talk about how they will use it. Right. Well, what uh, Bill Ford has told us is that they will move their uh, their skunk works, their uh, future mobility engineering and software programs for things like self-driving vehicles and electronic vehicles, as well as all the um, kind of the uh, systematic programming for how these vehicles interact with the urban landscape. All that stuff is going to move into Corktown, some in this building and some in some of the other buildings that, they, that they're going to have nearby in Corktown, and probably about uh, 2,500 Ford workers, and Bill Ford talked about another 2,500 related workers, which presumably might be suppliers or partner firms, uh, as well as a whole bunch of uh, maybe some uh, restaurants and shops and uh, historic uh, stuff and uh, maybe some housing. Uh, so it's a little unclear of the details yet, but they're, they're beginning to talk about their vision uh, for the stadium in the Corktown area. So it's going to be you know, 5,000 workers and a whole bunch of community stuff is, you know, is what they've told us. And and the footprint that Ford has in that neighborhood <clears throat> is already uh, growing. Uh, but, but how much of that neighborhood, how much of the existing sort of empty infrastructure and buildings do you imagine that Ford might take over? Well, Ford has talked about, uh, I think, four buildings in the immediate area, the station, uh, plus they have this thing on Michigan Avenue they call the factory, where mm-hmm. they already have a couple hundred workers. And then there's a couple of other buildings, and there's some vacant sites that they control. And I saw just this morning uh, the Brooklyn uh, artist Robert Ells, who moved here and bought some buildings there, offered on Twitter, offered to sell his building uh, to Ford. So uh, I think they'll, they'll have several. I think it'll be a pretty substantial uh, presence eventually. Um, Bill Ford talked about a four-year build-out for the train station, so 2022 or so. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably what we're looking at, another three or four years before we really see the full impact. And and what what will that do for this neighborhood? This is a neighborhood where there have been sort of fits and starts, I feel like, to commercial redevelopment along Michigan Avenue. Real estate prices have been going up. For houses in Corktown, locating something this this large in Michigan Central Station, what what effect will that have? Yeah, well, what they promise uh, is that they're going to work with the community uh, and so on, and and really uh, not not sort of take over Corktown, as Bill Ford said. They don't want to be the you know the Bigfoot that comes in and stomps everything. They want to uh, you know work with the community and be part of uh, Corktown. And so we'll have to see how that works out. I mean, obviously, I think that. There's a lot of questions how this, how something like this actually benefits the ordinary uh, Detroiter, and uh, other than some of the uh, construction jobs that may come, I, I, you know, you, have, you can say that um, you know this is more like the spaceship landing from from Mars that comes in and 
and rather than grows organically out of out of the community. So uh, we'll have to see, but it does raise the profile of of the city, the economic profile of both Corktown and the city, and that brings new investment and, and pumps up the tax base. So so eventually, uh, this would probably have some pretty substantial benefit. Um, and, but we have to you know we have to see and we have to you know sort of. Uh, temper our expectations for how quickly something's going to really improve mm-hmm. improve the area. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is John Gallagher, a columnist for the Detroit Free Press. We're talking about Michigan Central Station. The big news last week that the Ford Motor Company will buy Michigan Central Station from the Maroon family. The announcements this week about what Ford plans to do with that space and some others in Corktown. We're talking about the effect that that might have not only on the Corktown neighborhood, but on Detroit more generally. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is always the numbers on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think about the plans for Michigan Central Station. Tell us what you think about Corktown, the effect of this big change of a symbol, a long-standing symbol of the city's decay in that neighborhood. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. If you go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, John, let's talk about the sort of symbolic nature of uh, what's been announced. The the train station is a place that I can remember uh, leaving from as a kid to to take trips to to places. It's also a place that I remember uh, as a college freshman uh, coming back to from Ann Arbor and seeing it closed down in a little portable next to it. And then, of course, it closed. And that was 30 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to come up with another symbol that's quite that large of the things that have gone so badly for us in Detroit over that time. Yeah, you're right, Stephen. And, and, you know, a couple of generations of Detroiters have grown up knowing nothing of the train station, but that it's a, been a ruin and an eyesore. And I think people have to, have to um, understand how this became the international symbol of Detroit's decline. Mm-hmm. I think when when all the uh, photographers and filmmakers came here to shoot the rune porn, uh, you know, the train station was 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 the first stop. And and, and to take that and turn it around as this um, site of of, of uh, you know the the future mobility uh, systems for the world, where we're going to reinvent uh, not just cars, but how all those cars and vehicles interact with the with the urban grid, uh, and to have Ford, I mean, the name Ford, which stands out so brightly in Detroit's history, um, to have that all come together this way, I think is a turnaround that even even a couple of months ago, none of us would have thought possible. So this this really is the big one. I think that there are legitimate questions about the, the impact on the neighborhood and how carefully Ford, Ford uh, you know, uh, inserts itself into Corktown and and how Detroit benefits and how ordinary Detroiters benefits. I think there's some some questions we can explore there, but there's no question this is, this is a major, major turnaround. Mm-hmm. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go, to, let's go to David in Detroit. David, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, I'm so excited for Detroit and Corktown. I'm also wondering about its impact on Mexico Town. And also, do you know anything about the mixed-use building that's just a couple of blocks away, the shell of a building that's, big, that's scheduled to be used, uh, scheduled to be remodeled? I'm sure it's a boon to them as well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Great question, uh, David. Uh, John Gallagher, what do we know about uh, Mexican town? 
Uh, well, Mexican Town, of course, is just uh, about uh, two blocks or so away from uh, from the train station, and uh, it's already a very popular uh, restaurant and bakery strip. And I imagine uh, a lot of those people are going yeehaw this morning. I mean, I think they they just you know they're going to have thousands more people in there. Uh, you know, parking becomes a major major issue. It's already sometimes hard to find a parking space over in Mexican Town, but I think uh, I think those people are probably pretty excited. Uh, and I think they just see, you know, thousands more customers coming down the line. Yeah. Uh, as always, then you have to wonder, will you ever be able to get into your favorite restaurant again? I mean, <laughs> will the, the lines be too long? Right. There, there's the famous, I think it's Yogi Berra who said, no one goes there anymore. It's too crowded. Uh, so, um, you know, there's going to be that. But I think they're probably pretty excited. Uh, in terms of the other building David was talking about, I think, I think he may be referring to that building that uh, Robert Ells uh, from Brooklyn bought to be an artist colony and entrepreneurial space. And as, as I said, he tweeted this morning that he had a building to sell for. To I saw that. To look at it. So, <laughs> yeah, so we'll kind of see how that, that works out. There's a lot, we're really at the front end of what's going to be a, you know, three, four, five-year process here. And and what is Ford saying about the extent to which it will consider community benefits? That's been a subject that we talk about quite a bit here in Detroit as as development takes place in, in different neighborhoods. The impact is not always 100% positive, and sometimes you got to think about ways in which the company that's uh, that's building the development needs to maybe help the neighborhood. Did, did Ford talk about that at all? Well, in general, they've talked about how they're going to work, uh, try to work very closely. Um, and Bill Ford has emphasized that you know they don't want to come in and just bigfoot the neighborhood and wipe out everything and start over. They want to insert themselves carefully and 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 and, and respect what Corktown is the reason they're moving there is because that's where the Ford family, uh, the ancestors of Bill Ford came after they fled the Irish potato famine. They they came to Corktown, and so he, he's he's well aware of the historic nature of the neighborhood. Um, of course, we know uh, city policy, city ordinance now requires them to work uh, and establish some community benefits mm-hmm. uh, given the size of the project. So, uh, but we don't have any details yet, uh, and presumably they'll they'll have. Uh, be hiring some people um, or doing some job training or perhaps building housing or something. Um, but we, we just don't have details yet. But, but at least they promise that it's it's a front-burner issue for them and they intend to uh, be very respectful of Corktown. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Gloria in southwest Detroit. Gloria, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Good morning, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen. And I appreciate the well, I appreciate the earlier conversation, although I, don't, I know you're not taking comments on the immigration issue, but mm. I live um, probably a mile away from my living in a Mexican town, mm-hmm. and I have been very involved with an organization in the city, a coalition called Equitable Detroit. We've been working on the Community Benefits Agreement. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we have an ordinance that was passed in 2016. Sure it, it is in our estimation, and we have uh, monitored six of the big projects last year, and they were far from truly putting into practice what is supposed to be the neighborhood advisory council that works with the developer to bring about and ask the questions of equity and justice and jobs and environment, et cetera, et cetera. So my concern is, once again, because I have not seen it happen in the city yet, Mm -hmm. and I think our city officials are, how would I say this, they're not as... um, helpful in truly creating a process that involves the community that's affected, in this case, not just Corktown, it's southwest Detroit, as you mentioned earlier in your program, as well as um, 
So it, it is benefits, it's community benefits. I'm sure Ford is going to get some um, historic preservation money. I'm sure he's getting money from some funds, and, and we know some of those funds belong to the community. It's mm-hmm. our taxes. So I'm just calling to point to sure. whomever is listening that we really need have an opportunity to put into practice and the community benefits agreement with uh, an advisory council that's from the community, not appointed by the government or right. appointed by the developer. That truly represents community. Yeah. We're smart. We have skills. We've lived here. We have an investment as well. And I certainly appreciate progress, but not at the expense, once again, of the city of Detroit and its citizens. And that's what I have seen for the most part in the other developments. Yeah, yeah Gloria, I really appreciate the call and the info. Equitable Detroit is doing some really interesting things uh, on this front. And, and as you say, uh, there is an opportunity for people in the neighborhoods that surround this station to be involved in the decision-making here. So uh, I really appreciate uh, the call and the comments. Let's go to John in Shelby. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you for uh, for allowing me to speak. Go ahead. And my comment is quite simple. Uh, Detroit is on the upswing. Uh, for the first time in many years, people are interested in relocating, doing business, and thriving there. And I must tell you, I was a former Detroiter, uh, who had a substantial uh, investment in the city, and I moved my business. And, um, you know, anybody who says anything other than uh, good things about uh, new development is actually making a terrible mistake. And it, the naysayers that drive me crazy. I wish Detroit well, and uh, I look forward to more investment. The only comment that, I, that bothers me is that when they say there are too many non-Detroiters coming in, and it becomes a racial thing. I find that to be very, very, very uh, abhorrent. And that's all I have to say. All right, John, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, I really appreciate what you're saying about the excitement surrounding this, and I think that, that dialogue about who this benefits, who benefits from the things that we're having in Detroit is it's pretty complicated. I appreciate your side of it. Obviously, I might uh, think a little differently about how we view this through a, a racial lens. But uh, again, thanks very much for listening and for calling in. Okay, John Gallagher, columnist for the Detroit Free Press. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Stephen, thanks very much. Call anytime. Absolutely. Up Stephen, next, bye-bye. we're going to talk to a couple of workers from the city who've thought a lot about Detroit's resurgence and who is being included. The Justice for Janitors campaign seeks to do just that, make sure there is justice in economic development in the city, make sure they're part of the conversation when it comes to the future of Detroit. Stay with us on Detroit Today and stay with us on the phones. Sean in Detroit, Tom in Northwest Detroit, we will get to you. We'll hear what you have to say about economic development and how it benefits those who live here in the city of Detroit. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. 
And as always, thanks for tuning in. We've seen a lot of exciting development happen in downtown Detroit over the past decade with companies like Quicken Loans and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan and General Motors all expanding their footprints, bringing workers and activity to a space that had been pretty dead for a really long time. But we also talk a lot about who really benefits from all that activity. Service Employees International Union says its workers in downtown Detroit, janitors who clean the buildings where nicely paid young professionals are now working, are being left out. They earn between $9 and $12 an hour, less than enough to provide shelter, food, and other basics for a family of four. And they want downtown businesses to agree together to raise that wage over time to $15 an hour, which itself is only about $31,000 a year. Think about trying to raise a family of four on that number. Would that be a just way to spread the economic growth of downtown to other parts of the city and to other people? Or is there a good reason that janitors and other laborers make less money? Here to talk more about this issue is Pamela Owens-Moore. She is a janitor who works in downtown Detroit. Pamela, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also with us is Stephanie Ariano. She is the Justice for Janitors campaign manager for SEIU Local One. Stephanie, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. So let's start with the idea of justice for janitors. Talk about what that is uh, and what you're asking these businesses to do. Um, justice for Janitors is a campaign that started way back in the late 80s, um, and we have a long history of trying to raise standards for hardworking people in our cities. Here in Detroit, people like Pam have been in the union fighting to make things better for years. And the whole thing that we're saying is somebody's got to keep it clean. Mm -hmm. We want our buildings to be nice and shiny. The folks who do this work, you don't even see them. People don't even look at some of our folks. They walk right by them. Um, These are the people who are keeping it nice for you. When you walk in the bathroom and it's clean, it smells good. That's the work that I do. It doesn't happen because little elves do it. uh, No, they're not little elves. It's Pam trying to raise her family. It's people trying to raise their families here in the Mm -hmm. city. That's right. Detroiters. Uh, Have you gotten any sort of response or reaction from the businesses in downtown Detroit to this idea that people who do this work uh, deserve a fair wage? Um, we, you know, we haven't gotten heard back like specifically from owners, but what we have gotten is overwhelming support from people all over Detroit, not just elected officials who've been extremely supportive, but just the people of Detroit. Uh, when we had our action last Thursday as we were marching through campus marshes, I was curious about how people would respond to us. And what we got was clapping and smiling and, hey, what's <laughs> going on? And some people even joined our march. So we've gotten an awesome Awesome response. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pamela, tell me about uh, tell me about your job in downtown Detroit. Um, I've been in downtown Detroit for thirty one years, hmm. a janitor downtown. Yes, for thirty one years. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked part of it in the Renaissance Center. Then later on, I went across the street to the Milner Center, and um, the struggle has been real for the past thirty one years. Hmm. Um, I started off. Making seventy seven thirty five, thirty one years ago. Seven thirty five an hour. Yes, and um, the pay had just doubled. So I'm f- helping fight for the fifteen. It took me thirty one years to get to fifteen, mm-hmm. and that's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started at seven thirty five, I had four kids still in school. You know, I couldn't get eight or nothing. They feel. I made enough money, but it was struggling wages. Thank God I made it with the help 
and support of my family. So I'm fighting for 15 because I don't think it should take nobody that long to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, we work and we do what we're supposed to do. And at the end of the day, we want our fair share. And it's time. You know, all the redevelopment coming back to Detroit. But you forget we was there when they called downtown a ghost town. We had to get off at 1 o'clock in the morning and walk them streets to the bus stop. No police protection or nothing. Now you see police all over, you know, in Detroit building up and the janitors are still behind. You know, we um we come to work to make an honest living. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about building Detroit up, you got to look. Why are people homeless today? Some of these people in the street, I work downtown, I talk to them. They're not homeless because that's what they choose. A loss of job. Some of them didn't have families to help them and left. So if you build Detroit, I don't think nobody should left behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Pamela Owens-Moore, a janitor in downtown Detroit, and Stephanie Ariano, who is Justice for Janitors campaign manager for SEIU Local One. We're talking about Justice for Janitors' push to get fair wages for the janitors who work in downtown Detroit. Think of the people who clean the buildings that the highly paid young professionals are flocking to now because all of a sudden uh, downtown is reactivated here in uh, the city of Detroit. We've got new businesses, new jobs, all kinds of activity. But we talk a lot about how that activity is supposed to benefit the rest of the city. How is that activity supposed to benefit the people who live in the city of Detroit outside of downtown is a fair wage for janitors a way to move toward that kind of justice if you want to join the conversation give us a call 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones that's 313-577-1019 you can also go to the wdet facebook page and put your comments there or you can go to twitter and hashtag detroit today uh, and we will work you into the conversation Uh, talk to us about what you think about the development that we see in downtown the development that we're now going to see in Corktown with Michigan Central Station being reactivated. Uh, how do we make sure that benefits people uh, in other parts of our city? Let's go to April in Detroit. April, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Um, so I was at the celebration this week, uh, the Ford announcement, and it, it, it is very exciting. And they, they talked a really great game about supporting local small businesses mm-hmm. and uh, making sure that this is a community benefit. Um, and as you know, I run Build Institute, which is an idea activator and small business accelerator mm-hmm. focused on empowering native Detroiters to start businesses and get connected to opportunities. So I, I just think it's un- incumbent upon all of us to make sure that Ford follows through with those promises because mm-hmm. we have seen other uh, big promises about supporting local businesses that just have not really come to fruition. Um, But I do have high hopes. Uh, I am really excited. And I think the work that Build Institute is doing is pivotal to ensuring that Detroiters get a chance uh, to be part of this economic renaissance. Yeah. Uh, April, great uh, comments. And thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Sean in Detroit. Sean, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, I'm currently a architecture student at the University of Detroit Mercy, mm-hmm. and I'm enrolled in the uh, Masters of Community Development uh, 
class called physical development. I'm just giving a little plug to this great school and great course. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, I want to let you know, I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Uh, I've invested and built in gentrifying neighborhoods uh, in Toronto and uh, in Detroit as well, currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, my comment really is about the previous caller, who I sense there's kind of a, um, a, a widespread uh, attitude that any criticism or critique of the Ford development uh, there's zero tolerance for. Now, I appreciate this concern of stopping progress, but it's really one that's short-sighted and doesn't really look under the hood because the fact is, and I'm speaking from the vantage point of someone who's really been an entrepreneur their entire life, is that if you don't need to have a winner-take-all approach. Mm-hmm. And if Ford does this, plays this out correctly... The net benefit for them financially, socially, public relations-wide, is plus, plus, plus. Now, if they don't, it's the opposite. The irony, we can't escape but thinking about they are putting a high-tech facility in this, that's a trajectory of the future of transportation in a city where the educational system is subpar, to say the least. So I think one of the things I'd like to see in a strong agreement is can this be a catalyst to take a five-year-old now and when that five-year-old's 25, they're involved, they're on the winning side of this equation. Right. That's right. my comment. Yeah. Uh, Sean, thanks very much uh, for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, Pamela Owens Moore, you said you've been working in downtown Detroit for 31 years. You've seen a lot of change uh, in this city. Uh, talk about how that feels, I guess, uh, to see uh, things getting better, but that your circumstances don't always reflect that progress. Oh, I love to see the change, um, getting better, Mm -hmm. brighter lights, filling (laughs) up, you know, but um, it's hard when we go back to our neighborhoods. You know, some of our neighborhoods, just vacant houses and boarded up houses, Mm -hmm. and they sit there, Mm -hmm. and then some neighborhoods... We don't get chances to have people to help us build up our house and help fix up our house. So a lot of workers during the years lost them. And they let those houses sit there, then they tear them down. Some of our neighborhoods is where they build the trees for five years. What's going to happen in five years when they dig them trees up? Mm -hmm. New condos. And the thing is, you're building them. We can't afford to live in there. You know, before they did the rebuild, some of our workers live downtown. They ain't living down there no more because they done direct, took the rent up so high and forth, you know, that forced them to move. And, you know, and um, out their neighborhoods. I just feel you rebuilding, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to live. You know, we want to live in a nice neighborhood and a nice house. So, you know, you just I just wish to see one Detroit make it fair for everybody. Yeah. You yeah. know? Go ahead, Stephanie. Yeah, I mean, what, what Pamela said at the end is about the One Detroit, and that's why we've created this One Detroit campaign. We don't want to bring a nasty critique to this amazing growth that's happening. We just want to make sure that we have One Detroit where everybody prospers. If you're going to make good jobs, if you're going to make jobs, make them good jobs. Don't keep people in poverty. Everybody's making money. I was talking to a politician who shall remain nameless the other day, and he was like, everybody's making money. I don't see why the people who clean these buildings – can't take some of that money home to their neighborhoods. It's good for everybody. When Pam, when Pam makes more, when our janitors who work so hard make more money, they're able to do 
they're able to participate in what's happening in this city. Right. Um, somebody said to me the other day they saw the pedaling bar and they thought that was so cool and they found out how much it cost to buy a drink on that bar. That's it would have cost them more than one hour of their work. Wow. To buy a drink on that bar. I mean, when you put it that way, <laughs> it really it really points up the unfairness. And you know, luckily our janitors have a union. Um, they are we are sitting at bargaining today. We're here instead of bargaining. They're waiting for us over there right now. Um, we'll have an opportunity to talk to the contractors and bargain face-to-face with them to make things better uh, for our members and for the janitors. And we're not going to stop with them. Our janitors are all in to keep bringing everybody up with us. We're going to reach down when we get that 15, and we will get it. We're going to reach down. We're going to pull everybody up with us. So if you don't have a union and you're working at Little Caesars Arena or you're working at the airport and you're working in one of these service jobs, you're going to be coming along with us pretty soon as soon as we get this done. We're trying to get this one Detroit take. And when you have people like... Pam at the front of this fight, you can't lose. Okay. Pamela Owens-Moore, janitor in downtown Detroit. Thanks very much for joining us on Detroit Today. And Stephanie Ariano, Justice for Janitors campaign manager for SEIU Local One. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. Uh, Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And the associate producers are Gus Navarro and Evan Yee. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. Remember, we are also all underway with the Detroit Today Book Club, where we're reading the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond and talking about housing insecurity all uh, summer uh, with the community. And uh, you can go to WDET.org and find out about the community events that we're going to have. And pretty soon we'll have a Facebook page where you can participate in the digital conversation. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We will see you tomorrow.